We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, Rob Doster here, and you are listening to a Field of 68 NBA Draft Prospect Profile. We're going to be rolling these out all month, leading up to a full first round live mock draft with the six NBA draft experts that we're going to be hosting one week before the actual draft itself takes place. While you're here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and a review, that stuff really does help us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on any of the platforms that you listen to the audio of this show. But listen, that's enough of that. That's enough of the promos. Let's get into today's prospect profile. All right, now joined by Matt McCall, and uh, we are going to break down a guy who could be the number two overall pick, Matt, and that is Brandon Miller at Alabama. Now, I remember when I saw him a year and a half ago at the Peach Jam, I fell in love with him. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't think he could shoot it like this. I didn't think he'd shoot it 38% from three as a freshman. He was a great passer. He played with Nick Smith in AU ball. Brad B. Elite. Brad yeah. Elite. You know that. You know that program. You know I Brad know that Beal program well. Used to be the St. Louis Eagles. Know him well. Right. Know him well. Yeah. So absolutely. what what impressed you the most about Brandon Miller this year that will translate to the next level? Well, first and foremost, look at his numbers. I mean, he averaged 18 and 8. And, you know, I was looking this up. I, I wanted to see and go back to Kevin Durant just because of the similar body style, the similar size, position, everything. It's amazing. Back in 2007, Durant averaged 25 and 11. Uh, But but both guys struggled taking care of the basketball. Both guys had a negative assist to turnover ratio when you look at it. But the percentage from three – at the position and how well he shot it all year. He had 41 for South Carolina. I mean, Durant's career high was 37. So I was trying to, you know, break these two guys down today. Everyone's comparing Brandon Miller to Paul George, but, you know, taking care of the basketball for Brandon's got to be a big thing and a big focus going into the next level. You know, the other piece of it too is he only shot 43% from two. So is he getting to the rim? Can he get in the paint? He's an elite level athlete where he can get down there and finish at the rim. But those pull-up jumpers, obviously that's what separated Durant and has made him one of the best players in the game. But uh, the fact that Brandon Miller had 41 and Durant only had 37 as his career high, man, that's that's impressive. 41 points in in a college game, in an SEC game versus an SEC opponent. I know it was South Carolina who 
struggled this year. That doesn't matter. 41 points is 41 points. I'm going to give you a better comp than KD. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you Jason Tatum. You know, they're, they're similar in terms of their, their size. Now, Tatum got obviously a lot bigger and stronger over the last couple of years, and that's allowed him to finish through contact. Uh, Tatum only shot 34% from three as a freshman at Duke. Okay, so Brandon Miller's ahead of the game that way. They're both good passers, but that's not what they do. That's that's not what at that point no. they're called to do. Tatum's become a better passer, and his assist numbers have gone up. I think you, you could see that with Miller, too, as he gets more and more comfortable in the league. But I think ultimately – and Tatum makes some – listen, careless turnovers. He'll, he'll, he'll dribble into traffic. He'll get picked. A lot of that, his handle can be a little loose at times. I think those guys are more similar than people think. And again, multi-dimensional forwards. It's what everybody wants right now in the NBA. Be able to space the floor, be able to play those guys at the four spot. That's the biggest thing. Be able to go small, space it out, drive it, kick it. The whole, you know, back to the basket five man. I mean, there's very few of them in the NBA right now. I mean, Joel Embiid, Yoki, those guys are anomaly. Like they're, 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 you know, and they're the two, you can, the two best players yeah. in the league to even think about it. But both of them can play on the perimeter. They both have the skill set. Everything is more spacing, drive it, kick it, small ball, switch everything. Right. Everyone wants to be able to switch everything, and I think that's that's going to be another big thing for for Brandon Miller is his ability to do that when he switches on to guards keeping those guards using his length using his athleticism to keep those smaller guards in front of him will be a big key so obviously he had some off the court um I don't know issues is the right word I think he, he made a, a poor decision or two uh this year um some people like to say that's going to affect his draft stock. I don't think it's going to affect it at all because again, it's not like he was in trouble with the law, anything like that. Um, again, maybe some immaturity, a decision or two he'd like to have back, including in the pregame introductions. Uh, but again, this kid's talent level is, is, is so high. I spent a bunch of time with him actually back in Portland at the PK 85 and also talked to his family for a while or a story I was working on before everything happened. And honestly, sweet kid, sweet kid, great family. Uh, and, and one of the things that really impressed me is they could have went elsewhere for more money for NIL and talking to Nate Oates, talking to the family. They said, this wasn't about that. This was about where we felt like he would be able to um, display his talents and, and be able to kind of um, develop the most and they took less money for NIL with the thought of, Hey, listen, down the road, this is going to pay off for him. Yeah. But Jeff too, too did, were both parents athletes at the university of Alabama? Is that, is, is that true? I, can't remember what, 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 I think, I think the dad definitely was, yeah. um, brother played br brother, brother played ball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, you know, the loyalty to the school, yeah. you know, um, my dad was a middle linebacker at the university of Florida and, you know, I, Probably could have played Division Two, II, Division Three, gone somewhere. But man, I was, I was, I was born and raised a Gator. That's where I'm supposed to go to school, right? And I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for that. Um, you know, Jeff Eric Long is extremely close to the to the Brad Beal elite. He's the the St. Louis Eagles, and 
you know, Eric, you know, sings his praises in terms of the type of human being he is. And um, these NBA franchises, there's so much money involved that they check every single box and they are calling everybody. They are calling the trainer. They are calling the academic coordinator. They are calling someone else in the athletic department that may be close to them. They're calling every single assistant coach. They are checking every single, they're going to sit Brandon Miller down and interview him and ask him questions. That's what these NBA teams and franchises do. So all the questions off the floor, different things that happen, those boxes are going to be checked because that's what happens in this draft process because there's so much money involved and, they're they're trying to get it right on who they're picking, so that that process will play out for him as he goes through the next steps of the combine and the interviews that he has to have with these teams. Yeah, I I just think when you're looking at it again, we know Victor is going to be number one, uh, but after that, Brandon Miller wasn't a guy in the preseason that people had in the top five. You know, most people had Nick Smith, his former AU teammate, ahead of him, um, the Thompson twins playing overtime elite, Scoot Henderson, G League. So Brandon Miller was a guy, you know, somewhere in that probably 6 to 15 range. And he shot up and a little bit older as a freshman, Matt. How much do you put into that as to why he was able to make such a quick transition when a a lot of other freshmen struggled this past year? Well, we talked about Kevin Durant earlier, right, in terms of me making the comparison to him. He's more physically developed at this point in his career than Durant was in 07 at Texas. I, I forget the story when Durant went to the combine and they, they put him on the bench and tried to bench 185 pounds. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he couldn't do it. Right. I'm pretty sure Brandon Miller can bench 185 pounds and can do it probably multiple not that times. It matters. If I had to. Not that it matters, not that it matters, but I'm pretty sure he can do that. I just think he's, that year he's 20 he's years able, old he's 20 he's going to gonna de- turn 21 he's more developed he's more developed physically and you can clearly see it and i think that's a big key and you know the role that they put him in give nato credit i mean they they put him in the right spots the floor was spaced he's able to play on the perimeter the ball's in his hands He's able to shoot threes. They didn't just try to get him to be a rim runner and run straight to the rim and play down low or do any of those types of things. They utilized him the right way. They really, really did. And he flourished. And that's the biggest thing, too. He went to the right place. You know, he went to the right place. And you look at, you know, the NBA and the whole draft process, that's a big key. You know, especially as a freshman, being able – Kevin Durant went to the right place. He he went to the right place. He was able to be who he is as a player and not put into a box of you can only do this, you can only do that. I think that was big for Brandon Miller, and I think that's why he's sitting here looking at the second pick in the draft. Yeah, and I don't think it, it hurt him that he was the best player on the best team. You for know, the majority the, of the year. Right. No question. Right. I mean, he carried that team. Now, he had some poor performances. Yeah, I remember one game, he didn't take a shot in the first half. Here's what I'll say about Brandon Miller that I loved. I, I think his teammates really liked him. I think that was apparent. He didn't come in thinking he was the guy on this team, even though you kind of knew he was going to be the guy on this team. He didn't sulk and, and hang his head when he had a half like that. I think it was against Arkansas where he didn't take a shot in the first half. And he was able to kind of stay the course. 
he's very even keel. If if you talk to him, if you watch him, you don't see a ton of emotion from him on the court. And again, that's another area I would compare him to Jason Tatum. Very, very similar. The only emotion you see out of Tatum is when he's upset at the referees. That's it. There's, there's something about that whole St. Louis Eagles deal. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I guess. All, Jason Tatum, Brad Beal, Brandon Miller, they all came from the same AAU team and the same AAU program. And they're all very similar. I mean, you look at Brad Beal's freshman year at the University of Florida. There wasn't a ton of emotion. Nope. There wasn't. There, there, there wasn't. He was the same thing. He, he walked in. He was walking into a team that had McDonald's All Americans. They, they had you know Kenny Boynton, Mike Rosario, Irving Walker, Scotty Wilbekin. I mean, really good guards. Scotty Wilbekin ends up being SEC Player of the Year a few years later. There's really good backcourt on that team, and Brad Beal just wanted to fit in. He walked into that program and wanted to fit in because of the type of human being he was and you know wanted to get along with all of his teammates and you know not a ton of emotion and it's just something about that that eagles program now they they're very similar all three of them yeah Yeah, no you're right their mentalities my favorite story that um that brandon told me when we're talking i compared him to tatum somehow we got on to talking about how again because of the brad beal elite connection he said the first time he met tatum he had no idea who he was. It's was a few years ago. And I, I call BS on it. I call BS. I'm like, come on. You really didn't know who Tatum was. This is so much, like three years ago. This isn't like, you know, Tatum as a second year player. But he says, didn't, you know, didn't watch a ton of, of, of NBA. Has started to watch a lot more. But, you know, big college uh, fan, obviously growing up in that area of the country. Uh, but again, I, I think Brandon Miller, I'm not going to say he's a can't miss all-star. But I think he's got all the tools if he's going to work. And that's going to be the key, right? He's already shown he can make shots from, from from three. He's already shown he's tough enough to be able to kind of, first of all, handle some adversity and, and tough enough to also play against some men in there and, and get things done. I think the biggest thing is going to be his handle, his handle, taking care of the basketball, being able to be somebody, Matt, that they can just ISO and just say, hey, go get us a bucket. I also think this too, Jeff, the place. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. and Jason Tatum, you know, is an extremely high character player. He was in high school, Chaminade, same high school as, as Brad Beal and David Lee, coming from that same program and that same tree. But where is he going? You know, Tatum – gets drafted, he goes to Boston, the culture is in place, Danny Ainge, Brad Stevens, the development, the work ethic, the surrounding him with the right pieces and the right players. You know, Brandon Miller goes number two overall, you know, to whichever organization takes him. It doesn't matter, two, three, four, whatever it is. What's in place there to help him, to help him grow, to help him develop, to help him mature all the things that he needs to be to be an NBA all-star. We, I keep bringing up Kevin Durant, you know, the Sonics take him at number two, you know, Sam Presti had a plan in place. And then the next year they bring in Harden and then they bring in Westbrook. And now the pieces are there, but the culture was there. And this is how we do things. These are our values. Like that to me is going to be the biggest key for Brandon Miller. 
Who takes them? Where is the organization at currently? Who's in charge? What's the culture like? What are the values? And how do we help this young man and not just go out and be, you know, 14 and 70? No, like, you know, what is the plan moving forward and who are we surrounding Brandon Miller with? I think is a huge key on where he ends up. Yeah, because certainly Brandon Miller has the natural ability. We know that. He's a guy that could go, again, number two in the NBA draft. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Matt McCall. Stick around. we got plenty of NBA draft profiles, breakdowns on the field of 68. Our partner for today's episode is Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 during the college basketball season, and I loved the impact that it had on my energy levels. I'm a big coffee-in-the-morning guy, but by the time that the afternoon would hit – I needed another boost. AG1 helped me tremendously, especially on those days when I didn't want to get up off the couch and go hit the gym. Their tagline is AG1 is comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. And man, that could not be more true. It's nearly impossible to eat and drink in a healthy manner in the month of February and the month of March when you are in my business. And AG1 was exactly the supplement that I needed to improve my gut health and cover my nutritional basis for the day. I've continued that into April. I've continued that into May, and I'm going to continue that the rest of the summer. All I have to do is mix a scoop of AG1 with some water or maybe add it into a smoothie and I'm ready to go. Do it after lunch and you'll be ready to go for the rest of the day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com backslash field68. That's field68, F-I-E-L-D, the number six, the number eight, and you can get yours now. So check it out and help support this show. Thanks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Now, pleased to be joined by none other than Jason Hart, G League Ignite uh, head coach. Um, and Jason, we, we got to start with a guy that you've been telling me about for a couple of years now. Uh, Scoot Henderson, your comparison a year ago. And you said, like, you know, slow it, slow it a little bit. But you said he's got some similarities to Derrick Rose. And when you said that to me, obviously, you know, your, your ears perk up when you hear that because vintage Derrick Rose was, was a freak, a physical specimen. He had everything that you wanted other than maybe the perimeter shot at that point. Uh, this was year two with you with Scoot. Give me, first of all, the progression of Scoot Henderson and maybe uh, what you didn't see year one that you started to see year two. Well, the progression of Scoot this year was uh, his personality. Last year, he was 17 years old, playing on a team with veterans that was 35, 36. So he didn't really have his voice. Coming back this year with the with the fanfare and the hype, he became the leader. He grew into our, our leader, and that's where he started to be more vocal. And it was just a, it was a good thing to see because he embraced the, the leadership role, but also he took a step in, you know, how to run a team, how to control a team, and that was a huge step for him in his progress. And you got to have that as a point guard. You know better oh, yeah, than yes. anybody, right? I no mean, question. that's probably an area that you tried to help him out more than anything because you had been through that. Emotionally, he has to learn how to control, like, the team's temperature. If we're going to be fast, play fast, slow. And so that's something that he needed to work on. And, you know, wherever he get drafted, Jeff, he's going to have the ball from day one. So he had to develop those leadership skills more than anything else. So for people – we'll give people a little bit more of a of – a, of a background on him, uh, came in from Georgia, Marietta, Georgia, a year ago, big, strong, 6'2", 200, 6'3", 200? Yep. yep. I mean, That's again, right. built built like Derrick Rose a little yeah. bit. Mm -hmm. And yeah. go ahead, describe his game for people that haven't seen him yet. So Scoot Henderson is an elite athletic guard with a strong build, very good body, sturdy. Um, he has a jet-like speed, so meaning like he goes from zero to 50 and like that. Um, he has really good vision, good pops on his passes, can explode, explode to the rim. Um, a good open three-point shooter. Next, he's going to become an even better open three-point shooter. Um, he has really good mid-range off the dribble, and uh, he attacks the rim. And then he's a joy to play with. He, he cheers for his teammates. Yeah, he cheers for his teammates. He always giving um, – you know, praise to his teammates. And that's something that leaders must do in order for you to kind of, you know, control the room. In terms of um, his athleticism, mm -hmm. is it elite NBA athleticism? Like how would you, you know, again, we always say like great athlete, freak athlete. What mm -hmm. level of athlete are we going to see with this kid at the next level? Oh, well, he, you got to put him up there, a freak athlete, you know, with the stuff he can do, the pop that he has. Um, you know, as freak because he's, he's super fast and he's explosive. And so when you put those two together, um, that makes him a freak athlete for sure. The biggest weakness that, that everybody talks about with him. Well, actually, I think there might be two that I've heard. One right. is the perimeter shot, being consistent on that three-point shot. I think mm -hmm. he shot about, I don't know, the, the two years, somewhere around 27% from three over mm -hmm. these last two years. Did it get better? 
did you try to change anything with it from year one to two? His shot got a lot better. So the thing about his three-point shooting is that he never got three-pointers where, where they was passing to him. So, Jeff, the team is Scoot Young, the dude on next to him, or the wing is young, and he's young. And so he was our creator, and so he didn't get a lot of open threes. So if he passed to, I don't know, Anthony Davis and go spot up in the corner, it will be better, right? Because he's getting somebody assistant to him. And so his form is good. Everything is good. It's just reps. And, again, you know, when you're 17 and 18, you're adjusting to that three-point line. It's deep. Yeah. And so um, um, that's one part you got to get better at. But it's for all young point guards coming to, into the league. Tony Parker, who was my teammate as a rookie, John Morant, Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook, all these guys got to get better at that. Steph was a shooter, yeah. but these guys are the freak athletes, so it's two different mix. Yeah, there aren't many that you could say ha have had the ability to do both, right? They've gotten better. Jaws certainly gotten better, uh, but didn't come in as a shooter. Derrick Rose came in kind of as a non-shooter um, from three. So – the area, obviously, for three-point shooting is is putting in the work. You can get better. We've seen that over the years with so many different players. What is Scoot Henderson's work ethic, and is that something you've been on him over the last two years? Because some of these kids come in, they're so athletic, they're so physically gifted that they haven't had to work that hard. Yeah, Jeff, I had I, I didn't have to do anything as far as his work ethic. For those that know him, you know, his parents, they have their own gym back in Atlanta. Yeah. And so he's, he's, a, he's a 7 a.m., practice started at 10 he's always in here before us and he stays after so everybody who knows him his parents did a great job he came with a work ethic his work ethic is sick um a lot of times we used to have to tell him as a staff you, you can't do that today because we play um tomorrow and the next day so he has an insane work ethic and that's why the nba is so high on him because he's a self-motivator he's a self-starter and they'll see when they get him how, how his work ethic is for sure so the other and, and I'm not sure, again, it's a weakness. It's just more of a question mark was uh, durability with him a little bit this year, right? He was hurt a decent mm -hmm. amount. Um, how much do you worry about that, if at all? I don't worry about it at all. Uh, his his injuries weren't like uh, come to the gym, my foot hurt. He ran into somebody, got knocked out, half unconscious, and then he ran, came back again, had another concussion. So he just had – he had two concussions. Structurally, ankle injuries – hamstrings it was none of that it was two concussions and in today's game not 30 years ago when you have a concussion you got 10 days automatic and then your symptoms got to go down so um that concussion the first one took a, a while just for his brain to kind of you know or him to get, get you know clear yeah. so that's that's but his injuries wasn't nothing that um he could have controlled it was just running into an elbow and unfortunate incident so the biggest question I think we're going to have going into this draft, obviously we know Victor's going number one. Mm -hmm. Who goes to, right? That's going to be the biggest discussion we have coming into this thing. And I, I love Brandon Miller. I I'll admit, I love him. I saw him early in the season in Portland, had a chance to sit down with him for a while. I just think he's kind of the prototypical, what the NBA wants right now, which is a multi-dimensional forward. Now mm -hmm. they also want point guards because you can't win without those dudes either. Um, you've seen Brandon Miller play, I'm sure, a bunch on TV, maybe probably live, if I'm guessing, in AAU. Um, where do you stand in terms of who, who should go number two? I guess state your case for Scoot. Well, for me, man, personally, and Scoot's family and Scoot's with it, you want to go to the, the best place for you. So if, if De'Aaron Fox would have won three, he wouldn't be De'Aaron Fox today. 
So like school understands one, two, three, four. You just want to go to the best spot to where you can develop. So if if Brandon Miller go uh, three and school go two or they flip it, it's just for the best spot for both of their talent. So it can so it could be a good thing. Just think about Tyrese Maxey. He went 20 something. Had he went 15, he wouldn't be about to get the max. Yep. So it has to be the best spot for both individuals. And I hope they go to the best spot for both of them. Cause they're both elite talents and we recruited Brandon Miller hard. We had him for official visit last year as well. So um, to kudos to both of those very talented kids. But my dream is for both to go to two programs that need them and not just taking the best available player. They got, hope they get drafted like football. Football takes you when they need you not to stock talent. Yeah, you're right. I mean, basketball generally doesn't look at that. They look at best player available, which sometimes can hurt some of these kids because they're not in the best situations for them to necessarily develop or learn. I mean, that's the other thing. Scoot still young, right? I mean, you want him with maybe a veteran point guard who can help bring him along because this is not a kid who's played multiple years in college. And I know there's obviously some advantages to G League Ignite, but but there's some disadvantages maybe socially um, where they're not around like you were in college, um, you know, college kids and everything like that. So Hopefully he does go to the right spot. Give give me your give me your favorite or uh a, a story that would kind of sum up Scoot a little bit and whether it's his personality, whether it's something on the court uh that blew you away. It can be anything. Well, just his personality, man, the 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 warm, you know, he's he's a southerner, so he he's a warm, yes, sir, no, sir. But my thing was before the season was over with, um, you know, you just everybody got six boxes a piece of Puma gear. Every player, every every coach, uh, trainer, and it just goes to show that his selflessness and him wanting to share, you know, what he what he have with other people. And I thought that was uh, indicative of who he is as a person and uh, the the man who who he's going to become. Um, he's just a genuine soul and. I guarantee you in three years when we revisit this conversation, that next locker room will be saying the same thing. What are, what are realistic expectations for him? I mean, again, it sounds like physically you don't have to worry about him. He's physically going to be able to come in and make an impact and not be overwhelmed by other players at his position. It Mm -hmm. sounds like emotionally you don't worry about him that, I mean, you're going to worry about obviously a young kid coming to the NBA. Let's face it. You're worried about every every one of those. Um, what what are realistic expectations for him as a rookie? Do you think? Well, I think he'll have an extremely uh, he's gonna have a really good rookie year. For one, Jeff, I, mean, I was explaining to you earlier, he played with other young players. So had he played with Desmond Wing, forty percent three point shooter, he's scoring more. Had he played with a small forward that's a veteran lottery pick, he's scoring more at a big man. So. The game is going to open up even more. You got to think every G League game he played this year, they just packed it in because I had young guys shooting threes, so they didn't really have to guard those guys, right? So now in the NBA with the core open up even more, uh, he averaged 17, 18 this year. I'm anticipating minimum 15 points. He's going to have a really good rookie year, and Scoot has become what we do in in the basketball world, the sports world. He was the hot name last year. Now we need another name. Yeah, Well, that kid is still talented, and – Look at De'Aaron Fox in year five or year six. So you said it earlier, like every team need a point guard. Now if De'Aaron Fox got on the open market right now, every team would try to get him except for the teams that have point guards. And so when is I'm Fox, saying – Is Fox a good comp only in that – not not in their body builds, not in their yeah. body builds, but in their athleticism 
somewhat their speed and and is is he a pure point like De'Aaron was at the same stage? Well, when I say about De'Aaron Fox, they're, they're two different players. But with De'Aaron Fox, he developed his shooting now. Right. right. At twenty five, yeah. he yeah. got drafted at nineteen. So now is when you need it. Team to the playoffs, you need it. Yeah. Uh, Scoot rebounds more. He's a triple double threat. You know what I mean? Like so, he 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 got a little JC kid in him too because he rebounds. He's big and he like to pass. And so, but but De'Aaron Fox, the comp is the shooting got better tw year twenty. I mean, age 23, 24, 25. And so that's and an normal. elite, an elite locker room guy, De'Aaron Fox as well, elite. And so now he, he, it was trade talk about De'Aaron Fox name two years ago or last yeah. year. That ceased. That's no more. Yeah. And so I think with Scoot and De'Aaron Fox having that much success in the playoffs, and you see the John Morant's, every team need one in the front. You need a head of the snake. Although every player on the team is important, Scoots will be fine because point guards win your championships for sure. Um, two to one assist to turnover about yeah. this past year. Yeah. Where, where do you stand with that with him and some of his his uh, ability to pass compared to you know taking care of the basketball and not being reckless? Well, you know that's that's one thing that all guards you know you you, you want to see as much as you can do. You try it. You want to see what you have, but. His decision making is it has gotten so much better. And again, with the NBA and, and every, all their technology and everything else, the, the players he'd be surrounded with is going to take off even more. Um, the sky's the limit for him. And I look forward to him having a, a good rookie year and seeing him in the rookie all-star game next year. All right, there you have it. The best breakdown you're going to get of Scoot Henderson. Lottery pick, maybe the number two overall pick uh, from none other than Jason Hart, his coach uh, over there at G League Ignite. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, brother.